You don't know what you don't know, (laughs) which is why coaches who reach the elite levels keep seeking out opportunities to learn and grow. And that's how we got to meet today's guest. He has already developed strong programs and sent girls off to play at their dream schools. He was clearly successful before meeting us. And yet, because he's elite, he kept learning and seeking out information and has thus seen some impressive growth with his girls when it comes to the mental game. Listen in now to hear how this great coach got even better. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Super excited to get our first guest back on since forever. And it's a sweet spotter. We know and love. This is one of our favorite coaches of all time to work with. He gets it. He cares about his girls and he is just as passionate as you and I are about developing the whole person and getting all the resources and support we can get to do so because it's not easy (laughs) so so grateful for this guest please welcome roberto arroyo thank you for having me so excited to have you coach all right before we jump in give everybody a little snapshot of who you are where you coach now and a little bit about your coaching journey that brought you to mental sweet spot okay um i currently coach with uh uh, organization we established about three years ago named Team Virginia. Um, we're sponsored by Mizuno. I've been coaching for 10 years, exactly. My, uh, I started coaching because my daughter started playing ball, and we both kind of had to learn the game together. And I just journeyed my way up through the ranks. I found me a good mentor to kind of uh, develop me as a coach on the way up. And uh, I thought I knew it all, and then I ran into the mental sweet spot, and here I am. <laughs> People had a moment where like, I'm good now. Oh, wait. <laughs> coach, give us a little bit of a snapshot of some of the things you were struggling with as a coach, you know, kind of before you discovered us. Yes. I, um, I actually didn't think I was struggling with anything. Um, I thought that I developed a culture. I thought that I developed a, a plan for my athletes to go out and compete and I was I was wrong um we struggled mentally we struggled with culture with culture as I learn now culture words um standing by our culture um self-doubt a lot of self-doubt um when it comes to developing plans when it comes to uh, quieting the noise around you and just helping these athletes develop mentally. Uh, I struggled tremendously. I didn't know I did, but I struggled tremendously because I had really, really good athletes on my team. I really do. It's just we we couldn't we couldn't punch in the timely hitting. We couldn't punch in the 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 game with no error or the capability of playing without fear and, and with a hundred percent trust of each other. We just couldn't figure that out. And I thought the resolution to that was a harder practice. And, uh, and we struggled that in the fall. Um, we had a complete collapse 
in Atlanta um, this past fall. My son was born. I had to leave. And, you know, my coaches handled it as best as they could. And my athletes kind of, you know, they struggled mentally. Like, who was going to be the leader? Who's going to take charge? How do we lead? How do we communicate with each other to, to build each other up? How do we criticize in a positive way? Uh, all these things we just we weren't capable of doing. And uh, we struggled in the fall a lot. Well, you're not alone. Hundreds <laughs> <laughs> of coaches going, uh-huh, uh-huh, been there. <laughs> so what before that, that crumble, we call that the aha moment, <laughs> or the snowball game that Alicia and I have both talked about multiple times. Uh, before that, what were some clues that you were noticing that now that you look back, you can see we're leading up to that breakdown, especially when you had to go and you weren't there to kind of redirect them? Well, I'm a firm believer that it starts with me. And uh, I would, I, I'm, a, I'm a jokester. I like to joke around. Like I would, my leadoff hitter, I would always walk up when I'm going to third base and I would say, hey, don't suck. You know, it's just something that I've said for years. Don't suck uh, until I learned that that's, I'm already starting off on a bad foot. Um, just words and terminology and, and how to use them. I struggled with, um, again, I didn't know I did, but I, I struggled with. And after one session of, you know, working with the mental sweet spot, it was like I had so many light bulbs go off. And, and it was like, it was great for my team, but I think it was greater for me. Um, bad plans, anchoring, like I'm really, really big on anchoring. Um, and that we had girls, I mean, they came into their high school season and they were smacking the ball and I would watch them all on game changer or whatever videos they put up. And I would just make sure, Hey, okay. Okay. She's anchoring. She's not. And the results were different. You know, the, if you go up and you rush and you're not, you know, you're just going up there trying to touch the ball for whatever reason. Or if you go up and you anchor and you focus, and it's a completely different result. In fact, one of my players got a regional player, regional player of the year, and her her batting average was ridiculous. Another one of my players had almost ten home runs. Um, it was amazing just watching everything that we worked on work. Coach, everything that you worked on, right? did work in their high school season. So, what types of things did you focus on during your practices? before your kids went to high school that you noticed a, a difference, even if it's just one or two things, what are some of the things specifically that you really focused on? So when we do batting practice, um, this, to be honest, this is probably my player's least favorite drill. Um, but when they'll get 10 pitches and in those 10 pitches, they have to go through their routine, every pitch, whether you swing, whether you don't, whether you foul it off, whether you miss, you go through your routine, you step out, and you go through that anchor every single time so you can become familiar and comfortable with that. Uh, we worked on that a lot. Uh, in fact, we just worked on this this, uh, this past week before I'm headed down to Myrtle Beach right now. So we just worked on that. Uh, that's one thing that we really worked on. Another one was uh, negative self-talk. Uh, that's one that uh, so I have some young ladies on my team that are are they beat themselves up a lot and mm -hmm. and, and i can and i really did i saw it because i'm hard on myself 
but I really didn't recognize it how I should be recognizing it. You know, when I, you know, I see, I can see it on the face. You can read the body language and then you hear what they say about themselves. And, oh, I sucked at that at bat. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, oh yeah. If you're a pitcher, it's like, oh, pull me out, take me out. Or this, you know, all these, all this negative self-talk. And I, I didn't know how to, how to approach it. Like, except, you know, Hey, you know, you tell the young ladies, you believe in them, you love them. Um, but you know, that only goes so far. Like, you got to find a, a, the correct way to help them with the negative self-talk. So we implemented, you know, if we hear the, you suck or I sucked or any type of negative talk towards a teammate or themselves, then drop down, boom, push-ups immediately. Because that, you know, we got we to gotta remove that language from our practices. Absolutely. I think I like that, that stop technique of like, nope. We're not letting our brains go there because our brains go there automatically. We've been training ourselves for years to do that, but there has to be some like break in that pattern. That's super helpful. I like that you did that. And well, they recognize it too. They'll say, oh, you, oh, hey, 10 pushups, let's go. (laughs) Good. That's all. That's a good one. I had a thought as you were talking about that too, is recognizing each player's tells and then getting a little bit further than because every coach tries this like we we all like hey you're good like try to be positive with them try to convince them like hey it's a game of failure you'll get through it but we have all also experienced like you said it only goes so far can you give an example maybe from something you learned in the consulting or something that you learned uh by trial and error that worked for your girls in addition to the push-ups like with what's one example of a specific girl like when she is keep like push-ups didn't help that day she's still in her head frustrated what has worked for your, your girls so uh, i have a pitcher who, who has been with me for a very long time and she is uh she's her negative self-talk was uh, off the charts uh even sometimes now like i gotta catch her um and, you know these are things that that i'll have to stop and i have to you know make her recognize like you know, this is, you know, remember this winter. These are the things that we worked on and this is why, you know, and when they, when they stop the negative self-talk, even if they hold it in, you know, if they don't say it out loud, you know, things start to change or they'll, they'll start to focus on positivity in their teammates. And, um, but my pitcher was really, would really struggle and come off and say, Hey, pull me out, pull me out. You know, I, I don't like the, I don't like to pull a player out when they want to be pulled out. One, I like to let them face whatever they're facing and get through it. Um, yep. But two, I really wanted them to to implement these things that we learn and to, so they can recognize that they work. And uh, she, she was a big one, but it worked for her mainly with hitting. Um, the, her hitting was was tremendous. Like she stops and she anchors, and she'll even tell me, she'll text me after again, Coach, I anchored. Coach, I anchored, I went three for three. Coach, I anchored, I hit two home runs. Coach, I anchored, I did this. Coach, I anchored, I did that. Like, she really, really believed in it and bought in. And, and the result was was outstanding. And, and kudos to you, too, because they bought in because you did, right? And I think that that's really the big key. And kudos to you for being able to really not only provide the help for your kids, but also really pushing them, you know, to, to anchor, to be focused on their self-talk. 
And do you feel coach like you had shifted the way you coached or how you did things after you started learning a little bit more about your girls? Oh, 100%. 100% with everything, with the way that I run my offense, the way that I call plays. Like, I, you know, we got the, the wristbands, and uh, I would call out numbers almost every time they step out the box, which means they never had an opportunity to anchor. They didn't have an opportunity to quiet the noise. They didn't, because they're looking, they're looking back at me, then looking at the wristband, then stepping in the box, and then getting ready to swing the bat. Like they don't have that moment to, to just make that moment theirs, quiet everything around them, anchor down, stick to your routine, and just go attack the ball. And once, once I kind of quieted myself down a little bit, I let them have their bats. That's their moment. You know, I'll give them, I'll give them a sign, and then they'll just they'll they'll handle the at bat on their own. Uh, so my offense is different. We've been putting up a lot more runs against really good competition. Um, so you know that's worked for me. Um, my my talk, right? Because I'm very very competitive, and you know I know a lot of coaches that say and grab their players and feel like tough love is the answer, and. and during the game and all that, I just, I, I'm completely opposite. Um, you know, I, I pull them in and let them know, like, you know, first off, we're here to win innings. We're not here to win games. Let's win the innings. And then if you win more innings, then maybe you'll like the end result. Right. So if that was a bad inning, then that, that game, that part is over. Let's start a new one. Right. Let's go in with a new mindset. You know, at the end of the day, if we're not the home team or if we are the home team, we all get a chance to hit. Um, you know, everything was just, kind of lightening the situations up and letting them know, you know, go out and play fearless, right? Fearless is one of our, one of our words. And, and I was trying to, I had to make sure that my language matched our culture words, that culture words. So uh, it definitely changed, changed the way that I approached certain things and things that I said to them before they went up to bat. You know, sometimes I maybe just won't say anything. I'll just fist pump them, but I was always in the habit of saying, hey, don't suck. And everybody would laugh. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we all know what happens. We sucked. That sucked. But, you know, we, it wasn't the result that we wanted. Yep. Been there. <laughs> I yeah. went through that same aha. I was like, oh, I don't need to be. I, would, I was the one who would, like, coach then in the middle of a bat. Hands up. Yes. Stride earlier. <laughs> Let the ball travel. Like, shh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what's funny is you you showed up in Atlanta or Dalton, Georgia, and I I was struggling because uh, that game was one of those moments where one of my player pitchers was like, take me out, right? And I knew they were struggling, and I knew it. I could see it on their face. I could tell in their body language, but – and I'm like, no. You, you know, we're, and first off, this is a, there's a life lesson just because things get hard. And just because the result isn't what you want them doesn't mean it's time to walk away. Mm -hmm. right? I, I think that's the time where you, you know, you gusto up and you handle your business. And regardless what the result is, you can walk away and say, you know what? I got out of that. I'm all right. No matter what, like win or lose, I got out of that. I'm okay. I get to take my cleats off. I get to put my Crocs on it or, or walk to the next game. Like I'm okay. Like nothing bad really happened except for, you know, maybe my performance wasn't what I wanted, but I'm okay. Right. So, so, and, and then the next day, same picture. And we went out there and she handled her business, which was, you know, to me, you know, 
you know, I, I'd sit here and pat myself on the back and be like, that happened because she went into that situation. But, you know, I think that that made her believe that, mm -hmm. hey, you know, things are going to go wrong, but that's okay because you control what happens next. I love that. And I love that story. Uh, and then for more context, for those who don't know, this tournament that we were at that I found, Roberto, I was like, I know he's here. I got to find him. <laughs> so I found him there. Then we FaceTime the show. was awesome. Uh, but this tournament is a recruiting tournament. So in our girls' minds, they're like, oh, no, I'm not performing lights out. I'm not having spectacular plays. I'll never get recruited. I've just wasted all this time and money on softball. Maybe I should just quit it. Like, all those things <laughs> are probably going through her head. Right, but right. From the coach's point of view, even as a recruiter, and I hear this from every single level, they are looking for those moments. So what's going through her head is a struggle for her, but the gift you gave her helps the thing that she was worried about. So I love that piece too. Yeah, and I was, it was great because after that happened, I told her, I said, hey, by the way, uh, she's going to come watch you pitch tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> she was like, wait, what? I did so bad. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, you got to understand, you know, everything happens for a reason. I was like, and you were put in that situation and that moment for a reason. And the reason I kept you out there was to show that you can get through it, mm -hmm. you know? So it was, it was good for her. It was outstanding. So, and, and she's been pitching very, very well ever since. Proud of her. That's awesome. Well, so you've talked a little bit about uh, the, some of the little changes you've made and the growth you've made as a coach. But one thing I want to point out, I think a lot of people have this like subconscious like fear when they're starting into mental game. Cause it's, I feel like it's now taking off. Like when Alicia and I first started talking about this, it was our little pocket of people who were familiar with mental game, sports psychology, uh, positive self-talk, all that kind of stuff. But now it's getting real mainstream where people are like, okay, I know I need this, but still, uh, I'm not sure if it's for me. I know when I was first getting into sports psychology, I even had that feeling of, yeah, but I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to get into like the, the emotional side. I can't like fix these girls' childhood issues. <laughs> like that's the initial thing. That could happen. But what I realized was like, no, 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 no. This is, we coaches provide the, the steps to mental health, like the steps to, uh, personal growth, personal development. At any point during this, did you feel like you had to become a different kind of coach, a different kind of mentor and teacher to these girls? Or did you feel like it was more of just your next step in, in your growth as a coach, next step in your learning? What did it feel like for you? Oh, it was definitely, definitely more growth and next step. Like I always felt like to be honest, I always felt like I was doing what I'm doing now, right? Like I said in the fall, like I didn't think, mm -hmm. I thought I was, I thought I was, I was doing everything right. And then, and our, our winter sessions, it was like, oh man, like I'm, everything that I thought I was doing, I'm not, and I need to find a way to do it and be better. And it, it's helped me, um, not just with softball, right? We're talking everyday life. We're talking young ladies that, that have struggled with mental health through the COVID and have yet to recover, but young ladies that struggle with um, the, just anxiety or, or things like that, like, like just where you can stop and grab them and, and talk to them and, and utilize things that we use for the game mm -hmm. in real life. And, and it's helped them. And it's actually gave me a little, not a little, a lot more confidence with, with 
talking about these things. I, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a time where it was like, suck it up, we'll be all right. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Rub so some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Like, I, that, that's how I ran things. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you'll, you'll find nobody cares that you're crying, move on, let's go. And, and it's not like that anymore. And I had to make sure I knew how to handle that. And this helped me, this helped me become not just a better coach, but a human, a better mentor, a better, a better, just a better overall, overall person. And we're talking, we're talking a couple of weeks here. Like if I did this all year, like, oh man, I'm winning awards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Coach, just to kind of bounce off of that a little bit with, you know, working with your team, I got the opportunity to get to know them as well. Uh, and you have a very high academic team. You have, uh, you also had a, a track star on your team who was um, very in, uh, very good at track as well. Um, you had someone who wanted to, you know, go into an Ivy League school. You had people who played multiple instruments. You had a team that was involved in a lot of extracurricular activities, but also the team put a lot of pressure on themselves academically as well. So how do you feel like going through this also helped not only your girls kind of deal with some of the things outside of softball, but also you as a coach to help them through that understanding that they put all of that pressure on themselves. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably the most difficult thing is everything together. So one player specifically was that you mentioned was the one that wants to go Ivy League. Um, you know, she, she put so much pressure on herself Um with everything academically and softball. So like she was just sometimes would be so overwhelmed. And, you know, she would come to me at practice or she would even tell the players like, hey, you know, this does, this isn't just for softball. This is this helps me with how I study things. This helps me recognizing that, you know, maybe I didn't get a five on that AP exam. I got a four, but that's okay. You know, it helped her with a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of the mental struggles with academics. And my track star, uh, you know, she, she struggles because she loves both sports. And unfortunately, uh, she, was, she was part of some programs that let her down with softball. Uh, and that, you know, that, 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 that kind of took away the love of the game. So, you know, she's been amazing with track. You know, she's been focusing on track, which is okay. Because again, softball doesn't define these young ladies. So, you know, we help. I help her with track and trying to help her get recruited with track and all that. Um, and all of them, like they're 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 there are some of them aren't as high anxiety with academics. They just kind of go in and can probably sleep through class and wake up and get a 4.0. But some like uh, really really struggle, even though they carry 4.4s and 4.5s. Um, so we just tried to. I, I, I like doing the, the goal ladder. I, I love the goal ladder. Uh, and, and we set goal ladders for academics. We set goal ladders for athletics. And then we, then we combine them and say, okay, how can, we, how can we manage them both? Right? How can we manage them both? How do we manage our time? Things like that. So that's helped them out a lot, the goal ladders. I love to hear that because I just really could feel the pressure that those kids put on themselves through the screen. Like it was... And I felt for them, but I knew they were in really good hands with you to be able to, because you do truly focus on, you know, the entire player, the, the whole person. And that's what I've always appreciated about you as well. So one last chance to talk about your team in such an amazing way. Um, I'm glad to hear that 
they've utilized a lot of this stuff throughout their seasons, but also that you're helping to continue on. But finally, give us some, you know, on our last take of some of the wins or additional wins that you've seen your team or any individuals have um, after working with them. Um, so this year, this summer, we've been down some players. Uh, we've been actually been playing with nine, 10. We're actually going down to Myrtle Beach with nine. Um, so they, they have, the wins are, um, they're playing fearless. They're playing as a family. They're playing as one. And although there are times uh, that we do struggle with um, fatigue, which then transfers into uh, some negativity, um, but the, you know they are they are playing as one right now, and they're looking at each other, knowing like, hey, we, there's nine of us here. I got your back, and they're playing like they're you know like a family. And I think it's, it's amazing. I will say I struggle with one thing, and, and that's maintain the, the, the line between, and we talked about this on our sessions, was the line between, uh, I guess, seriousness and fun, right? So, so sometimes we do get, I do get comfortable. I will be the first to admit, sometimes I get comfortable. We forget about some things, but then we, 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 we reel it back in and remind ourselves, you know, hey, you know, why are we here? What are our culture words? This is what we stand by. We stand by each other. And you just, you can tell. Like when I get comfortable and then they get comfortable in the play, you can tell in the play. But then when we remind ourselves, hey, this is, this is what we stand for and this is who we are. Uh, and let's do it together. Then the small victories come and then the, the big victories come. And, and they're doing all that on the field and off the field. Just the support that they have for each other. Um, and they even recognize, like, you know what, I need to apologize because um, maybe I was a little hard on my criticism with this teammate. So maybe we'll, we'll talk about, it. you know, it's just self-awareness, holding each other accountable. Those are just, those are all big wins. To me. That is awesome. You say you struggle with it. This is your language being hard on yourself as well. Uh, totally normal struggle. <laughs> Don't need to be too worried about that. Uh, it will likely keep happening we get back into our comfort zones that we've been doing for years but the fact that you keep noticing these little things the wins the kids who need a little extra nudge the kids who need a a pull need to be taught a different way that is huge that is to me the most impactful part of coaching the most impactful thing you can do is be able to notice like not get in our own heads wrapped up in our own thinking uh, but just focusing on, all right, what's the next thing I could do for my girls? So yeah. props to you. Thank you. I really do appreciate you, honestly, for everything that you do for those girls. And I'm so happy to hear, you know, I kind of dropped off during my high school season too, to be able to catch up with you and see how, how your team is doing. But I'm happy to hear that they're living their culture and that they're implementing some of these things because those your team just like really grabbed my heart. And I just think they're just such an awesome group of kids. Yeah, it was, it was great. Those sessions were great. It was like uh, withdrawal when, uh, when it was over. Yeah, yeah. It was, so, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but um, I have to say, like, all this is, is, is possible because I have a huge, huge support system at home. Um, I don't have any kids on any of the teams that I coach. And my wife stays at home with, uh, with our two babies. And I got two older kids outside of that. And the support she gives me to do this and encourage me to continue doing it is, is why I do it. And, you know, my foundation is, is everything. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I love that. Hugs to families <laughs> of coaches, especially. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Roberto. It was awesome chatting with you here. And uh, I will see you back on the recruiting trail. Hopefully yeah. later. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you all so much. And that is a wrap for today's episode. Now, if you're thinking, hey, I think my team could benefit like Roberto's team did, then act fast. Alicia still has a few slots available to train your team this winter. So that's now December through probably February. She can do a weekend boot camp with your girls, or you can work with her weekly in the six-week dream team program. She can do it virtually or in person if you're close, but act fast before the slots fill up. Just email alicia at mentalsweetspot.com to figure out the best game plan for your team. That's alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, at mentalsweetspot.com. Now, if you're more interested in focusing on yourself as a coach, our updated coach toolbox is almost ready and will be revealed soon, as soon as I get the update on the website done. So if you're interested in learning more, simply email me at mel at mentalsweetspot.com and I will let you know when that's ready. That's mel at mentalsweetspot.com. All right, have a good one. Talk soon.